Live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, CAB Incorporated presents Celebrating Powerhouse Women. Now, here's your host, Amanda Pierch. And hello again, everybody. It's a wonderful day here in the studio on Celebrating Powerhouse Women. I am joined by Jill Edwards, who is the Senior Vice President and Commercial Lending Manager for United Community Bank. Welcome, Jill. Thank you. Happy to be here. Happy to have you. And before we dive in with Jill, I'm going to share a little bit about United Community Bank. United Community Bank is a $15 billion Southeast Regional Bank in the United States providing retail and corporate banking services. The bank was founded in Blairsville, Georgia in 1950 and now operates 150 banking offices in Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, and Tennessee. They just completed an acquisition on Seaside in Florida. Respected national research firms consistently recognize the United Community Bank for outstanding customer service. For the past six years, J.D. Power has ranked UCB first in customer satisfaction in the Southeast. Most recently, they were awarded the United Highest Score in overall satisfaction in the Southeast for 2020. In 2019, Forbes magazine included UCB in its inaugural list of the world's best banks. And in 2020, they were recognized for the seventh consecutive year in its list of 100 best banks in America. United Community Bank also received the 2019 Greenwich Excellence Award for overall satisfaction in the middle market banking in South and Small Business Banking Excellence Awards for both overall satisfaction and cash management in the South. First of all, I just wanted to give a little bit of history because your your bank is um, so successful and you have such a, a high caliber position there. And I know that you have been working tirelessly, especially with what's going on in the world. So I just wanted to set you up there. Maybe you can just tell the listeners a little bit about um, your journey to that role and the role that you hold there at the bank. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so but let me start with thanking Terry Jondal for putting this together. Yes. Um, Terry and I, uh, I greatly respect her, CEO of CAB International, mm-hmm. and it, it, she's amazing. And we had lunch last year when this came up. I didn't even know she was doing it, but then I started listening in and was over the moon when she asked me to be on. And, you know, we've been trying to get mm-hmm. COVID hit and all of that, and it was hard to get on. And so I just really wanted to thank her for sponsoring this and doing this and seeing a need for this and putting this on. So I agree. I concur. Wanted to, wanted to say that first. So thank you. And um, so at UCB, yeah, I'm a um, commercial lending manager. Um, I've been doing this for years, but United Community Bank, I've only been there a year. And I had already always been with big banks, not the community type banks. And in my mind, I had that uh, community banks just couldn't meet all the needs of my the customers, the portfolio that I had put together for over 30 years in this market. And then when I really started looking into it, well, you see all the awards that they have. Mm-hmm. It, it's so much fun when, when you're really a customer service oriented bank and I think technology was a big, big deal, too, because the fact that technology changed really made it to where the small banks could compete with the big banks and handle the stuff that they needed to do. Before that, I think there was a significant difference between what I could bring to my customers. So now uh, we have a tagline, uh, the bank that service built 
and that that I think covers it all. We're we're really about making our customers happy. The bank that's service built. Mm-hmm. I like that. You know, community is in the name, and it's very apparent through our conversation and in how you represent the brand that they are a community focused bank. Mm-hmm. Um, so I understand that you have been in the business. You said for thirty years. Thirty-four. And all here locally in Gwinnett. The, uh, the you know, it's something I'm a. I'm a very unusual creature that I have been in the same industry, in the same market for that long. Uh, Yeah. That makes you all the more powerful in the market. Exactly. Yes. And all those relationships that you've been facilitating your entire life are now things that you can bring into business. Yeah. That's very Mm -hmm. nice. Well, being from Gwinnett, let's let's start here. How you um, where how you wound up in Atlanta or excuse me, where you grew up and how your journey to Atlanta was. Yeah, so I grew up in Nashville, Tennessee, went to University of Tennessee in Knoxville, Mm -hmm. as did all my friends. Um, You know, kind of the same here where where most people stick in state. And then, but I wanted to go to the big city. And I started looking at New York, and my parents wanted me to stay in Nashville. Atlanta was sort of the best of both. Close to home, but still a big city. Um, And that's kind of how I got here. And then... um, my, my major was finance, and only just because I'm good at numbers. Good numbers I had no yeah. idea what I wanted to do. I knew I was good at numbers, and I liked people. So what was going to match with that? And so th- that's the, the only offers I got and job, you know, the, the recruiting, your senior year in college. Mm-hmm. I just did that on the, on the university campus, and the offers I got were all banking. So... It fell into your lap. Exactly. Uh And then I found I liked it and I was pretty good at it and just stuck around and haven't left. Well, good for you. That's quite the accomplishment, not only um, in your field, but also being that dedicated and that analytical. Not everybody has that same enthusiasm for numbers. I know I I struggled in math when I was in uh, middle school, so I don't know that I would have had that same passion. Um, speaking of middle school, if we might rewind, I know we just went to college. I'm very curious because of your analytic mind. Mm-hmm. What did the 16-year-old Jill want to be when she grew up? An artist. An artist? Like and musician, painting? So I have always colored and I would draw and I would paint. And I started doing in 1990, but this is after it, but I had already started doing when I was 16 jewelry ooh, and so I make jewelry 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 that's jewelry. cute uh-huh. yep. I do and so I I was doing that way back when but it, and so I even started doing shows on the weekend mm-hmm. but then I was getting paid so much more for like banking my real job mm-hmm. versus doing that and it and then it was starting to be like work because I was trying to make money doing it so I had this epiphany where do that for fun, do banking for real. And so I have, to this day, I still have shows and all that kind of stuff for my jewelry. What kind of jewelry? I was admiring all of your beautiful pieces. Um, Do you work with silver? Do you work with beads? Do you work with, like I've seen people do things with like leather for cute little earrings. I have three lines of business. Uh So the first one is just handmade beads they're they're like little works of art and I've just always fallen in love with them when I would go to the shows Mm -hmm. and I would see the artists that would create these beads so that's just fun it's really just putting something together then I have an upper end line where I'll create something for somebody I don't really have an inventory but I know where to go get the stuff 
and so it's custom. It's, it's custom. custom it's yeah, but it's like puzzles. Okay, you want this stone in a setting like this, and you put it together. together. Uh-huh. And then I have this middle line that I always said, oh, I I won't do Vermeer because I just don't think it's a high quality product. Mm-hmm. And I got challenged on that by somebody who said, not my Vermeer. Mine does not tarnish. Mine does not. And so I I almost ten years ago. Um, started carrying this line for this guy who has his Vermeer products, fashion inspired, not copies, but fashion Fashion inspired, made in Italy. So Mm -hmm. it's very nice stuff. And so I have my sort of three lines, three different price points. I like it. Thank you. I am not familiar with what Vermeer is. May I ask what that is in case somebody else doesn't know too? It's gold over silver. Okay. So like like you would like dip something in platinum or something like that. Right. Same so concept. Th- so my problem with it is silver's not a strong metal, and so stones fall out of it. Then gold, you know, you've got gold on top of it, and it wears off. Right. I've well, noticed that. It literally looks like it rubs off. Yes, it does. Yeah. So that's the quality. you got to look for a quality Vermeil product. Vermeil. Oh, thank you for the education on the jewelry. I'll have to check that out. Well, I digress. I got really excited about your creativity and your crafts. So we'll we'll get back on topic here. Um, kind of going back into your career, you were slated to be on our show. And I know that we had the great chance to see each other at the Movers and Makers Awards. Um, that was when? Was that in February? Gosh, I think so. Seems, And we had uh, lined up for you to come on. And then we all know what happened mm-hmm. uh, with the pandemic. So finally, we're face to face and we get to enjoy each other's company. So you were slated to come on a couple months ago and then COVID hit. Um, since I spoke with you, you were neck deep in your PPP. And I know that you've just been serving the community tirelessly and helping all of our small businesses stay afloat, ours included. Um, so just share a little bit about how that's going. Yeah, that that was a super crazy time. We were literally working seven days a week, and then I was taking calls at 9, 9.30 at night because um, people were, especially that first round, people were so desperate they were going to miss out, and there were banks that that weren't paying much attention mm-hmm. to it or not the proper, in, in my view, not the proper attention to it. So uh, I, I got lucky, though. United Community Bank, we have a very senior person our commercial, our corporate banking officer reports to the CEO who has a background in SBA. Wow. So UCB is a SBA preferred lender. So with, with that connection and already being a preferred lender, we like jumped in head first. We had, think about it, the banks had two weeks to build a platform to run these billions of dollars through right and and help everyone right two weeks to build the platform i I don't know that anything like that's ever been done and every bank was doing it and we we got lucky we had some great it people in the back room and the lady who runs it for ucb has this just quirky wonderful sense of humor so has made it just a pleasure right so so took care of all that on the front end now we're on the back end in fact just this morning i was doing forgiveness Mm. just going in no it's 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 uh, at UCB, the customer just uploads what's needed. So let me back up and yeah. make sure everybody understands that the PPP is the um, Paycheck Protection Program. Pro- yeah. Yes, make sure I get the name right. Mm-hmm. And as the name implies, it's to help businesses with their payroll. Like that was the sole purpose, to keep companies alive and, alive and people paid. Mm-hmm. So 100% of it can be forgiven the criteria not to go into crazy details because there's a million of them 
But the basic premise is you have to have at least 60% of what you spend in payroll. And then up to 40% can be rent, mortgage interest, and utilities, and or utilities. So that's the formula. And then it started out eight weeks for forgiveness. And that was actually going to be pretty hard. People, especially because the economy, I mean, people weren't working full hours. Mm -hmm. Um, The rent was being forgiven. There were all kinds of things that would qualify that they didn't have to add up. So the SBA expanded it to 24 weeks. So now pretty much every company is going to be able to. and And I will make one last comment on it and say, this program really saved so many businesses. I agree. I've seen it mm-hmm. firsthand. Yeah, so it's actually been a lot of fun. A lot of work, but a lot of fun. And probably so rewarding, too, because, you know, the world's topsy-turvy right now, and you are actually like an arm of hope, you know, for the small businesses. So not only did you get to basically help save these businesses from being forfeited, but you got to know your community members on a whole other level because we are all in a desperate need during the pandemic. I mean, the, the joke, and it's not a joke, is... Never in my 34 years of banking have I been able to give away money and it's give away out. hundreds of thousands uh-huh. of dollars. Approved, so approved, approved, approved. 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 <laughs> yeah, and the, the criteria, the bar set, the two and a half times your payroll um, on four month, the average of your monthly payroll, that was the formula to come up with the number. It was just so much fun. It was easy. Uh, it, it was pretty much a five-minute conversation to help people figure out what they qualified for and then put it in the system. We had one that would, it would spit out an approval, and then within a day or two, the SBA would, would match up on the back end and the money would show up. You were mentioning previous to that, before you prefaced it, uh, something about the customer uploading something. You said you were doing forgiveness. That's right. So it's just super simple. They can upload it from home. It was the same thing on the front end where they had to upload. Just it was, It's really a drag and drop in our system this, to prove their payroll and all the things that we were timesing by 2.5. Mm-hmm. Now it's the same on the back end where they just drag and drop to support the amount that they're asking for for forgiveness yeah. literally um, it takes me less than Two five clicks. minutes on most files mm-hmm. to do the forgiveness once it's all uploaded to our system well thank goodness there's something in your world that was made a little bit easier because I know you were swimming in it for well, a while <laughs> and I have friends at all other banks and it's clear that that, that it's a challenge at some places mm-hmm. So I'm thrilled that I happen to be at a place where it's not that much of a challenge. Again, going back to the community in your name. And service. Mm-hmm. Service community to the customer service. comes first, making it easy for the customer. Yes. And mm-hmm. you, you absolutely exude that. When I walked in, I told you you were glowing. But your um, dedication to your clients mm-hmm. and the community, I'm sure everybody appreciates all the hard work that you're doing for them and their businesses out there. Okay, I know I like to do this a lot, and I call it water bugging. I hop from one topic to another. So we went down the road of the PPP, and we'll we'll escape that because we've all been talking about that for so long. <laughs> I'd like to rewind just a little bit before you got into your banking career, um, maybe from college up into that point. You know, you got married along the way. You had some children, too. And all the while, you're able to integrate your work and your home life and kind of balance the two. Share a little bit about what it's like um, having a full-time career and being a mother as well. Um, so I didn't get married until I was 30. Okay. So, um, and the same for my husband. We were both 30. So we waited a while, and I was definitely single, did a lot of traveling, and I have a, a very good core group of friends that I've known for 30 years. 
but then met my husband, got married. We had kids. We have we have two, Charlie and Emily. Charlie is a rising senior in college Ooh. at Mercer University down in Macon. And then my daughter, Emily, uh-huh. she is at Greater Atlanta Christian School. She's a rising sophomore, just right down the road from here. And so, um, yep, we've, without, but without my husband mm-hmm. in my career, I do, everybody says, how do you do it all? He has always had businesses that were home-based. He's, he's a sales guy. Mm-hmm. And um, so without him and him being able to fill in when I, I have flexibility in my job, but I just can't go at 3 o'clock, run, go get right. somebody and bring them home. I just can't. So without him, it would not have worked. So thank you, Greg. Oh, Greg. Well, that brings me to my next point because we're going to dive into a little bit about what Greg does. I hear he has a secret sauce. He Maybe has, you can elaborate on that. So, yeah, it's a, it's a fun story of, of what got Greg's sauce going. Um, back in the late 80s, early 90s, he had two um, bars and restaurants, Conyers and Covington, and he developed, he made it himself this, he, the, the first use of it was for chicken wings. And that's what he used it on. And he had, he shut down the restaurants in the early 90s, but had this cult-like following of people. For the that sauce? For just demanding the sauce. Couldn't live without the sauce. Mm-hmm. And I mean, truth be told, I married him for the, for no, the sauce. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> um, that secret recipe, that's what you're after. There's a little bit of truth to that too, a little bit. Um, so he, when Charlie graduated from high school, because Charlie had been a football player, long snapper, and working with him, and Greg's, Greg's, t- he spent a lot of time with our son in Playing. high school, mm-hmm. and he, Charlie graduated, and he, Greg comes to me one day and says, "It's time." I'm like, "Time for what?" He said, "It's time for me to bring my sauce to market." And I'm like, "I've been telling you that for 20 years. It is time." So that was his original. While it was originally a a wing sauce. It goes well on chicken and pork and in spaghetti sauce oh, and wow. on eggs and on macaroni and cheese. And I, I promise you, on hot dogs. Ooh. My, my son doesn't eat that. And I'm like, come on, Charlie. I'd be willing to try it. Right? Mm-hmm. What it does is it enhances the flavor. It doesn't, it doesn't taste like a hot dog with my sauce on it. Right. It tastes like something different. It enhances the flavor of the food that it's on. That's the magic of it. So is it like a barbecue sauce type deal? You, or is it? You have to pick a category. Uh-huh. It, like Greg didn't want to pick a He just wanted to call it a sauce. The FDA won't let you. You uh-huh. have to pick a category. So we did pick barbecue as the category. But it's... it. It can go anyway. Exactly. Well, I do love a good sauce, so I will have to definitely try it. What's the name of it? In case anyone wants to My Sauce, and the website is mysauce1989.com. That's cute. 1989. Mm -hmm. When you referenced My Sauce, I didn't realize that was the name. I thought you were just talking about the sauce. Very cute. Well, My Sauce, what's your favorite thing to put it on? It's still chicken. There's any kind of chicken salad Mm -hmm. drizzling on it. Yeah. Yeah. And any kind of chicken is still my mm. favorite, but I, the macaroni and cheese. I've never put sauce on macaroni. <laughs> Maybe a little hot sauce every now and then. Uh, our our nephew discovered it one Fourth <laughs> of July, and then it has become a thing ever since. Mm-hmm. All right, well you heard it here, mysauce1989.com. You guys check that out. I'll have to be a taste tester myself. 
I will I will bring you some. Sounds good. Hey, this since we're talking about tasty things, this is a perfect time for me to just do a um, quick word from our sponsor, which is CAB, the one that you were so kind to speak highly about when we first started. So this show is actually presented by CAB Incorporated, and since 1982, CAB Incorporated has been a distinguished leader in manufacturing and global sourcing, serving a variety of industries, including infrastructure, hydraulics, automotive, and rail with their precision machined iron and steel products. As a woman-owned company, CAB and Terry are proud to be the presenting sponsor of Celebrating Powerhouse Women, and we are thrilled to have her as a partner in our underwriter as well. Um, this is a perfect place to pivot into uh, a different a different um, conversation. You have in front of you a really, really cute book that I've heard a lot about. Maybe we can dive into some um, things that you enjoy reading or listening to, and I'd like to give you a chance to share uh, your enthusiasm about that book. Well, yeah, when we were talking about coming on the show, and I'm like, I'm glad you gave me a heads up because... I, I read so much and I, I read like all kinds of different stuff so it I did have to take a step back and think what 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 do I really like to read there's some things I read that I have right. to read or feel like I should because mm -hmm. of my career and then there's things I just enjoy find enjoyment but but value from one of my favorite things in life is just motivational and development and that kind of it just it really does have an effect on me it it, it you know makes me gives me that little extra every day and um i heard rachel hollis speak at a conference that i was at last year maybe the year before and i was like oh my gosh and when she walked on stage i mean what do i have in common with her she's she's younger she's she clearly you know doesn't get all she's not a banker and she does she's got little kids and I'm like okay well she'll be enjoyable and and nice to listen to I, I left so impacted that I have now gone out and bought and read all her books her wow. the the one that she's most famous for is called girl wash your face and I'll just read a couple of chapter names and you'll see why I like it please do so chapter two is I'll start tomorrow how we put things off procrastination <laughs> I'm not good enough. You know, the that we've all got about, oh, well, oh, no, not mm. me. Um, I don't know how to be a mom. I'm, I'm not good at this. Um, I should be further along by now. Mm. Oh, look at me, where I am. I, I should really be further along. Other people's kids are so much cleaner, better organized, more polite. <laughs> you know, it's the comparison thing. So yeah. all of those topics, while they're... You might think, oh, they're not all that important. They're really, they're the relevant. details yeah. of our life. They're relevant to everything we do and how we feel about ourselves and therefore how we do in business, how we communicate with people, how we present ourselves. So I just, I've, I've gotten, I, I'll probably end up, right, I read it not too long ago, so I'll probably read it again just because it, it gets you going. It gets you going mm -hmm. and I'm in a different place than when I read it last time, so I bet I'll get different things yeah, out of it. Yeah, different application. I really like that because um, I've spoken with several of the powerhouse ladies that have come on the show before you, and we're all in agreement that we are our own worst critics, and we're the hardest on ourselves. Why is that? I don't know. I know. I'd like to say, can we blame it on, like, the world and, like, all the... all the, No. <laughs> oh, I'm sure we can blame it on somebody. On something. But the titles of those chapters, yes, were very intriguing because they can apply to anybody at any mm -hmm. stage in life. Mm -hmm. I'm not a mother. Oh, but I so, guarantee... But I think it would still, yeah, yeah apply. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah. I might have to borrow that from you when you're done for the second time. <laughs> we'll now, 
obviously you're on the Celebrating Powerhouse Women podcast, so I like podcasts myself. Have you explored if Rachel Hollis has a podcast? She Well, she comes on every morning, and when she's traveling, her husband does it for her, so there's a positive message nice. every morning. I don't listen every mm-hmm. single morning. I listen to lots of different things, and um, I'll do it on my... Uh, when I used to be in my car a lot mm-hmm. before COVID, right. I would listen to things as On I traveled around. I'm, yeah. I'm finally, um, it, 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 just this past week felt almost like normal, mm-hmm. like back to normal. I am going out to see customers and meeting with people. And I, I'm either making phone calls from the car, getting people answers, or listening to something that's going to keep me going for the day. Yes. Well, I'll mm-hmm. have to check out her podcast. I do. I listen to one that's called um, Rise, and it's a similar concept. It's a couple, and they're faith-based, and it's all inspirational and motivational. It's really nice. She is not technically faith-based, but she is faith-based. Mm-hmm. I like uh, that. Which, which I like, too, where it's not just about that, mm-hmm. but it's incorporated, because that's how we live. I'm, right. I'm not 100% faith-based. I'm a banker. But it is what drives me and the decisions I make and how I work with my customers. Right. Absolutely. Good point. Well, one thing that I really like to ask, especially successful women like yourself, um, is what you like to do in the first 90 minutes of your day. Now, I don't know if you're a Shark Tank fan, but Damien, he's on Shark Tank, and he asks on his podcast, what do you do in the first 90 minutes of your day? And I think it's very interesting, the variety of answers that I get, because on some days, I might just be able to make coffee and let my dog out in the first 90 minutes. And another day, I will have done a whole workout and you know, 10 emails. So what does the first 90 minutes of Jill's day look like on any given day? Well, I didn't realize until I started reflecting on what a creature of habit I am. Because I pretty much get up at the same time and go to bed at around the same time almost every single day. Um, I, I had back issues years ago, and I got in the habit of doing like a yoga routine almost when I roll out of bed. I, I will brush my teeth and then I am 20 minutes of yoga every morning because I like my body to feel good. And I sit for a living. I sit mm-hmm. at my chair. I'm sitting with the customer. I'm sitting in my car. So if I don't get some activity first thing, my body gets none or very little during right. the day. And then so so yoga is the first thing. And then the positive motivational uh, maybe spiritual or Christian theme, but not necessarily inspirational, mm-hmm. motivational. And I will do that as I get ready, um, putting on my makeup. And then um, often I just turn on the TV. You can tell I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not. Listen to the news in the background. Yeah, like we had, we had been talking the other day about podcasts. Mm-hmm. And I, I am now exp- just in the week ago. We or, yes, yeah. exploring more of that Good. because I'm like, why do I feel like I have to have a TV? On, yeah. Yeah. I just do, and you know, my favorite thing to do, I'll put a little plug in here. I have the Google Home. I probably would have chosen Alexa if I purchased Mm -hmm. it, but I won this at an event. I get home and I say, hey, Google, play the latest Celebrating Powerhouse Women podcast on Business Radio X. Boom, it plays it. But you can do that with any other ones. I love to to listen to NPR. So I say, hey, Google, play the latest shortwave podcast by NPR. So if you have one of those little devices, all you have to do is simply speak to it and then just carry on about your morning. I do. We have Alexa. Yeah, give it a try. I'll be talking to her. Uh Mm Uh-huh. Alexa. Very nice. Well, that's a that's great. Hats off to mm-hmm. you for the yoga in the morning. Um, do you follow like a routine? Do you follow a video? Do you have like a virtual teacher, or is it just all Jill and her motivation? I have been doing it for over twenty years, so it started with just like five minutes, and then as I have favorite things that 
particularly make me feel stretched out or healthy or whatever, I add them. So I'm up to about 20 minutes. Ah. Um, so, but it's, I could do them in my sleep. I don't have to be awake yet to do them because I do pretty much the same thing. Mm-hmm every morning that's good and that's probably what helps you accomplish that daily because you don't have to put too much thought into it it's like you said routine by the time and i miss it if i don't like if the alarm doesn't go off or i'm running late or for one reason or another i really miss it when i when i don't get it i bet you do feel good uh, when you start your day with the inspiration and the yoga you kind of get everything flowing in a positive direction it kind of sets the tone for your day there's really a funny story behind that so i had always listened to turn on the news as soon as I was you know I'd even do it with my yoga um, mm-hmm. turn on the news and my husband made a comment one day about how can you stand listening to that every day and I'm like what I get the current events right I'm up to speed and I get the weather for the day mm-hmm. he goes you can get the weather on your watch and he said and think about how much of that is negative mm-hmm. just who shot who who's doing bad things right. to who there's there's not enough positive in the message and so I went, okay. He goes, I'll challenge you for one month. Find something else to listen to that has more of a positive huh. beat to it and then see, see what you think. I knew after like two days of doing it that I wasn't going back. And now I just, I find my news sources. Instead of being, uh, you know, reactive fed, yeah, to whatever. It, fed whatever they want to feed me. I know what I want to hear about and what I want to know, and I keep refining because I, I like to double-check sources yeah. and make sure that, you know, I'm getting the straight scoop. Reliable, yeah. And so I go out and find my news now. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you caught the show last week, but we had a I professional did. broadcaster, Duffy Dixon, She's in the house. She's a good friend of mine. Yeah. I love Duffy. We love Duffy. But she kind of mentioned some things like that, too. And I know Mike, because he has a broadcasting history, can attest, if it bleeds, it leads. So that's kind of going along with the doomsday news that you mentioned. And I get it. They got to get the clicks, right? That's how they're paid. So I get that that's their job, and that's how they get paid for it, and that's what they need to do. Right. But I would agree, especially when the whole pandemic first happened. I was so absorbed in everything that was going on with the mm-hmm. news and the podcast, just staying up to date. You can get yourself in a really like worked up mental space if you just hear the same negative things over and over again. So yeah. I like that. You have to just get out of that hole yeah, there. And even doing it the way I do it, it's still, there's so much coming at you mm-hmm. and you've got to really weed through it. Well, now that um, we have a moment here, I'm also going to give another word from one of our sponsors we're talking about community here with jill edwards and she is the senior vice president of united community bank and kind of going along with community we have another very enthusiastic partner on this show and that's mccarthy building companies and mccarthy building companies is a community-based general contractor specializing in healthcare, education aviation and commercial construction projects they are committed to helping their clients achieve their short and long-term strategic goals kind of like you Um, The McCarthy Partnership for Women believes that diverse perspectives drive better outcomes, and that's why they're thrilled to support this series. Thank you for letting me get my reads in there, Jill. Let's shift gears again, okay? Well, that'd be about the fifth time that we've done so. Hey, Mm -hmm. we're in a five-speed, okay? It's a typical conversation between us. (laughs) Yes, that's me going over, 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 over. Um, So what about Gwinnett? Uh, you're so focused on the area. What do you see here as far as growth? I know that you're heavily involved in the chamber. You sit on the board, correct? Correct. And um, you know everybody in the community knows you. And being that you have a rich history here, what do you mm-hmm. foresee as far as um, you know what's going on 
on the horizon for Gwinnett, either in your world uh, with the chamber mm-hmm. or with uh, the bank or just um, your own personal yeah, vision? Yeah, we're, we're, we're really lucky. So I'll back up for just a second and sort of paint the picture. Um, I was sent out here in banking because I went through Trust Companies training program 34 years ago. It really, they did stuff that it was sort of the equivalent of a, of a master's degree. They, these kind of training programs don't exist anymore. I was very lucky to be in one. And from day one when I hit the street uh, as a banking officer, I could discuss and hold my own with, with the customers I was calling on. Well, I got assigned, I got a job with Wachovia back then out in Gwinnett County and so the territory was Gwinnett and Gwinnett was the fastest or one of the top 10 fastest growing counties in the nation in the 90s so I mean you didn't have to I mean you could turn around and get business Mm -hmm. but I also plugged myself into the chamber here and it was just so easy to have a place to meet people and people went out of i was young i was in my 20s and people would go out of their way to send me business and try me out and give me a chance Mm. and i would not have i i mean i just wouldn't have without the chamber and being in this market and how flourishing it was and now we are in such a great position with gwinnett county Mm. um, partnership gwinnett it is a public private partnership between the chamber and the county and they are in charge of our economic development they did that is one of the main reasons why Gwinnett has it going on they we have community leaders that all talk to each other and know each other personally mm-hmm. um, they they collaborate over things there's 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 not a whole lot of division right people and when people are talking to people things happen that are great mm-hmm. when people stop talking things things don't, don't go so uh-huh. well so i think that's the it, that's our our mojo here in this market i am thrilled that i've i mean it was just luck mm-hmm. look at the drawback then i i didn't know what was going to happen time, yeah. and and how great it was going to be so literally to this day i have customers that i have known for some up to dozens up to 30 years that's great mm-hmm. that so, so you're like the the household name Jill Edwards. There you go. <laughs> you know, I will speak to that as well because our chamber affords us a lot of resources. I've mm-hmm. been a part of other chambers, um, most recently when I lived in Fayette County. And although they are equipped, um, they're not quite as large and they don't have as many resources. So since being a part of the Gwinnett Chamber, I've noticed many of the things that you mentioned. If you're active and you stay connected, it's a wonderful like referral and perpetual just, you know, business fest and people definitely keep you in mind so yeah i don't know the numbers post covid but pre-covid there were over 400 events a year now you wanted to pick your lane it's not appropriate for anybody to go to everything um but they do trainings right when you become a member here's what we do here here's what we do in business Mm -hmm. after hours here's what chairman's club's all about here's what this and you find your lane you find where you best fit and and that that's a huge thing and not all the chambers do it or do it to that level right and that's a good point all the events as well they Mm -hmm. have they put on so many things that allow you to go and meet Mm -hmm. people and the continuing education piece and the community involvement as well now all the zooms yeah all the zooms all the zooms yes yeah i have yet to go back to gwinnett working i was very active 
probably last year. I haven't really gone since the new year and then COVID hit. Mm -hmm. What networking groups outside of just the chamber did you participate or still participate in that have served you well, not only in your career, but maybe in um, your life as a whole? You know, it's interesting. I haven't done much outside. I was in Kiwanis for for years and then um, the bank I was with at the time wouldn't pay for it and it was hard for me to make it to the meetings. Qantas is an excellent organization but I haven't participated for a while. I've toyed with Rotary but they have that um, perfect attendance and oh, I know man. I can't do that and I so I don't want to tell anybody I can but Rotary is an awesome. Um, I just it's really through the chambers and I, I was also very active in the Atlanta Chamber hmm. and they don't do quite as many events per se but over the years of doing the same thing I have gotten to know a lot of people so I really say my market is the 85 corridor on the northeast side of town it's not ah. just Gwinnett but it's just sort of the whole northeast Stretch. region yeah. um, so I haven't done much at least not regular or consistent networking mm -hmm. outside of chamber no need to no need to there you go mm -hmm. with 30 years in the area mm -hmm. you got them knocking at your door <laughs> literally literally they're knocking at your door sometimes that's the case kind of talking about community involvement um what charities or organizations are you enthusiastic about and why yeah so um there a couple of years ago i realized that you you reach a point where it's not all about advancing you. you and while of course I've had an interest in others I've never formally been a part and so I really just turned the corner a few years ago the first thing that I did which is not a charity but it was an outside reach into how our community runs was I joined the Gwinnett Place CID or Community Improvement Love it. District mm -hmm. I had no idea I thought the lights just changed when they By changed the yeah and that there's tens of thousands of dollars worth of studies done to see how they can make them change at the right time for the best flow of traffic best flow of the diverging diamond yes. intersection the first one in in Gwinnett County uh was done by the, the Gwinnett Place CID yeah. um the tons of trash they pick up every year tons mm, I'm sure it's it I it's it was all behind the scenes so while I had worked with businesses and of course I i I banked businesses that did that kind of thing. I really was never behind the scenes at seeing see. how stuff ran. So, so that's the um, Gwinnett Place uh, CID, and then I'm going to read the mission statement. There, yes. are, there are three not-for-profits that I, that I work with, and that they're, they're, I, I don't want to prioritize anyone over the other or not give give e any of them the attention. So, the Gwinnett Coalition for Health and Human Services collaborative partnership between various organizations in Gwinnett so it's the hardest one to describe because they do so much some of my favorite things that they do are Gwinnett great days of service hmm. you might have heard, heard of that, that one yeah. so that's that's them they're the Gwinnett helpline which they're always needing dollars and people to volunteer for that that is such an there are a lot of people needing help there's the Veterans Resource Center, oh, and wow. I, I could just go on. There's so much that they do, it's, 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 it would be impossible or it wouldn't be appropriate yeah. for me to just tell you everything that they do. So that one, and Ellen Gerstein has been a longtime friend of mine. She founded it almost 30 years ago, and she's the one that, that said, Jill, you need to come on board. board. So that, that's how that one happened. 
I just joined two other boards and Rainbow Village. Mm, I have worked with them for over a decade, though. I've known them very well. And um, Melanie Connor, who is the new executive director, I was talking to her one day and she goes, Jill, you really need to be part of our board. I'm like, ooh, mm-hmm. how would that work? So it's a safe housing community that seeks to break the cycle of homelessness, poverty, and domestic violence. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing about Rainbow Vis- Village is it's not just a handout. They, you have to qualify for the program. They have, I think it's 38 apartments, so you actually live there. Um, they train you. They teach you how to balance your life you get skills. A jo- life skills. Mm-hmm. Get a job. Make your payments. Um, so that in a year, 18 months, you can go out and be successful in the oh, world yeah. all by yourself. It gives it that confidence that comes with the ability to provide, to, to make your world happen the way you want it to happen. You said it right there, and that was key. You said teaching them to break the cycle. And if you mm-hmm. continue to do that, then we might ultimately find a solution. Exactly. So that, uh, that's the, my favorite thing about Rainbow Village. And then finally, across the bridge, as their name suggests, it's a bridge from the world of addiction to the hope of recovery in a faith-based environment. It's a brand new not-for-profit. I've known the guy who, who start, starts it. He, he, was, he kept coming to me about finances and what to do about this. And then it just became a natural transition to join him. Um, is that here in Gwinnett? It is in Gwinnett. It's in Lawrenceville. And even post-COVID, they finally reopened their doors, and they're doing over 400 people at their events a week. So I think we know the news has talked about suicide and mm-hmm. alcoholism is really on the rise um, because, of, because the, of COVID. Yes, People need too. people. Mm-hmm. People need we may not be able to touch each other yet or hug, but we need human interaction. Yes. And so they they say have safely opened up their doors, and they are seeing over 400 people a week right now. That's great. Yeah. I've heard that, um, you know, and nobody really kind of noticed in the beginning of COVID, you know, we're about two weeks, you know, 30 days in. No one was really thinking about the psychological effects that it would have on people long term. But I've been hearing also with children, you know, because they've not gone I to school. I know where school, you're going with this. You know, just so many unfortunate things. Food insecurity, domestic abuse. And yeah, and the violence. I never, ever thought about that, Jill. And I know it's, I mean, horrible for us to even think, but it's a reality. Mm-hmm. So the children whose saving grace was that teacher who noticed that they had a weird bruise or noticed, you know, all those things, God bless them. They are not, um, nobody's able to kind of keep a thumb on that. So it's impacted um, the community in in a lot of different directions. That goes back to the coalition, and Ellen has a passion for that. And so there are so many things, but there's right now there's so much money to try and get people fed. It's a harder one because if you don't know what's going on, which the teachers were the great source Mm -hmm. of knowing what was going on, and we don't have them to intercept for us right now. Well, those sound like three lovely organizations to be a part of, and I can just tell by the look on your face how enthusiastic you are about each one of the causes. I'll have to give uh, The Bridge a Google, especially because it's new. Please do. And then I'm sure um, anybody can just plug those in online if they want to learn more about or if they'd like to give back in some way, shape, or form. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Um, Every every organization like this is needing money right now. Mm -hmm. There's so much need for resources and stuff. I do. I just saw something on LinkedIn or Facebook. Maybe you can just expand a little bit, but it was uh, about the Rainbow Village and it was mm-hmm. about your position. And then I saw that they were welcoming Dr. Jan Joseph on as well. Yes. So is she a part of the board now? She is. So 
so Jan just came to the to the market. Uh-huh. She just moved here to to run the college, right. uh, and so we were at a just a chamber board meeting. It was the retreat last fall. I happened to sit next to Jan because I didn't know her. I like mm-hmm. to meet people that mm-hmm. I've not met yet because I pretty much know most people around the chamber. And I sat next to her, and we hit it. I mean, yeah, yeah. So we started talking, and she made a comment to me. She goes. You know, other than the chamber, um, nobody's even asked me to be on a board. And I was like, hint, hint. Oh, ho, ho. And I just knew Melanie Connor, mm-hmm. who is the executive director of Rainbow Village, and her would hit it. And so uh, hosted a lunch where the three of us, and like after five minutes, um, it's like, should I just leave the room? Am I bothering you all? Mm-hmm. They They were just like this a thick as thieves from from the moment they met and i i believe jan agreed on the spot to 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 come on the board so we we joined the board together that's that's a powerhouse team there there you go very cool Mm -hmm. i look forward to the great things you guys are going to do with both of your brilliant minds at the helm i'm sure that success is on the up and up i wanted to ask really quickly kind of as we wind down um you know our listenership is a very a broad range of folks. I don't even think you could put it in one demographic. Right. I, I met a fellow the other day who was in his mid-40s that's an avid listener. So it's not just women that listen. Um, just because you have such a robust history of success, what is some advice that you'd give to any young professional or any professional that's listening um, in order to help continuing to achieve and uh, reach their goals? So probably one of the first things that I would say is don't listen to everybody do some research when you when you get when you think a person or a group is attractive do a little research find out their background find out what they stand for because I think a lot of times you just I know me anyway I was naive I thought everybody was great and had good intentions Mm. well that's that's not always the case and if you're gonna you can waste a whole lot of time or go down some bad paths if you don't do that on the front end, I think especially today with just there's there's a lot of craziness out mm-hmm. there. Um, find out, know yourself and what you're interested in. Then find. Then once you've found, like you start, uh, you know, attaching yourself to people or organizations, find a way to say yes when there's opportunities. I, f- I feel a lot of people, because of the reasons I talked about in this book, we just don't think we're good enough or, oh, I'm too young or, oh, I'm whatever. Find a way to say yes. That you will you will find out if you like it or you're good at it or how you can do and you just might amaze yourself at how well you do trying something that you've never tried before. Hmm. But of course you have to know and understand them and have done the research first before. Mm-hmm. And then just um, you know, the, the the thing I tell everybody, it's kinda like my tagline, just show up. If nothing happens if you don't show up, just show up to the party and See amazing what things happen. <laughs> I like that. Mm -hmm. Just show up. You know, I've had to, um, let's say, grow as a professional in some of those settings, like you mentioned, you know, when you're trying out networking events or you're trying out something that's Mm -hmm. maybe not industry specific, but you find value, there might be some prospects, Mm -hmm. you kind of dip your toes in the water, but you quickly find out what's worth your time and what isn't. Um, I like to use the analogy like a fruit basket. I decide which Mm -hmm. basket to place my fruit in and uh, whichever one is going to be the most plentiful is the one that I'm going to choose because we just don't have all the time in the world to spend all these places. So I like that. If time wasn't qualifying it. Right. Yeah. If we didn't have that time thing, we could do 
yeah, but we do. So we have to narrow it. Mm -hmm. Very cool, Jill. Well, you've just, you've shared some awesome things about your life and about your history here in Gwinnett and the wonderful things that you're doing as far as philanthropy. Are there any parting words or any, any nuggets of wisdom that you want to leave our listeners other than the recommendation of that book? Yeah. (laughs) Um, no, not really. Just, I, I really appreciate you doing this and, and Terry sponsoring yes. it, and of course Mike Salmon and the Business Radio X yes. and all the shows that he brings to the market for us and how involved he is in our community, and because I think this is a big piece of our community and the cohesiveness and how we all work together. I agree, and thank you so much for your time. I'm so glad that we finally got to sit face to face. It was long awaited, but long it was well awaited. worth the wait, and I look forward to seeing you more in the near future as well. Likewise. Before we say bye-bye, we're going to have one last word from our Cat Rangers sponsor. Cat Rangers is saving lives of cats and kittens one paw at a time. They are the special forces of cat rescue, and all of their felines recover in their lovely home-like center in Buford while they wait to find their forever homes. Cat Rangers is growing rapidly and is always seeking financial and volunteer support. Please contribute by visiting catrangers.org today. All right. You guys know where to find those fur babies if you're looking for a friend. You can also just go and visit. I think you might have to call to make an appointment, but if you just want to go and hang out with some fur babies but not have the obligation of taking them home, they enjoy petters as well. So please go give them a, go pay them a visit. Um, I wanted to thank Jill Edwards for joining us today, and I wanted to thank all of our listeners out there. Do hit that subscribe button on the podcast so that you don't miss a beat with us. We are live every Friday at 1130 a.m. You can find us um, on our home, businessradiox.com, or you can find us on your favorite podcast app. I like to listen through iHeartRadio. Jill, where do you listen to your podcasts? I just go find them. On the podcast, so that would be the Apple Podcast app, guys. Um, And anyways, we look forward to... um, being with you again next week stay connected with us on social media at Gwinnett Radio X and until next time I'm Amanda Pierch and this has been Celebrating Powerhouse Women on Business Radio X